Well, welcome, friends, to the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast, where normal, everyday disciples open up the Bible and discuss. We don't claim to be theologians here, but no one ever said you had to be to read and interpret and apply the Word of God to your life. So thanks so much for joining us today, and here's your host. Well, hello, everyone. Dwight Beal here. It is Tuesday, January 4, and this is day two with Brian Reese. Hello again. Hello. (laughs) Brian, I would love to hear a little bit of your God story. How did Jesus become real to you? Did you grow up in the church? Was it a later revelation? So I grew up uh, Catholic, and we went to church every week because of my mom. Um, I I joked that my, well, my dad told me this, uh, when he went to church, he went on canoe trips. So every time they went into the Catholic church, he just drifted off into La La Land. So it wasn't (laughs) a particularly strong Christian home. Gotcha. Um, But I did go to um, catechism, and then I went to youth group, and I begged my mom, uh, please, because my brother and sister both hated catechism, and so I said, please don't make me go. Hmm. And she said, I'll make you a deal. You read one chapter of the Bible every single night before you go to bed, Wow! and you don't have to go. And so it's through that process of reading scripture, and then I joined the youth group, and then they had a core group, which was kind of every other Monday, but on the off Mondays was a much smaller group. That, and we started reading scriptures. Okay. Um, and through that process, God spoke to me. And I can remember like praying to be saved, and this is kind of a weird part of the story, but mm-hmm. it's true. And everybody talks about how you feel this, you know, change in, in your perspective. Hmm. I didn't. Hmm. So I started like kind of freaking out. And uh, so we went to one of the these small group sessions and they handed, and this was the first time where our teachers didn't show up. And so we didn't know what to do. It's just a bunch of kids trying to figure this out. And you're so, how old at the time? 16. Okay. So we took little note cards that, that came from the Catholic church. And mine was, what does it mean to be saved? Hmm. Which is only God could have put that in my hands. Right. So, you know, we kind of talked through it. Um, I kind of told them my story that it wasn't working. And so they all prayed over me. And as I look up, I can see the the people that were leading the Bible study, the, the adults, were outside of this room just kind of looking in the screen door and weeping, you know, wow. with joy. Um, and so I think in retrospect, that's why God didn't let me feel that because he mm-hmm. wanted that moment to mm-hmm. to happen, not only for me, but for the others in the room. Interesting. And yeah. so I I kind of brought my mom and dad into the faith. My mom, not so much, but my dad for sure. Um, and uh, and then we did turn into a Christian home. So Wow. It was pretty cool. So then did he start going to church and, and tuning in? He did. Well, we left the Catholic Church. <laughs> it's a funny story. The Catholic Church kicked the youth group leaders out of the church because oh. they were reading out of the Bible and they oh, weren't a wow. priest. So when that happened, we kind of decided that maybe we needed to find a different way to hmm. worship. Okay. And then where'd you go from there? We went to a Methodist church. And then when we left there, when I married my wife, they married us there. I asked them where we should be looking for a church because we were moving out to Baltimore. And he said, you know, we're a Methodist, but really we teach more, we preach more like Baptists. So hmm. find a Baptist church. 
No way. And so that's what we did when wow. we went out. And that's, that's where my rare. wife was born and raised in, in Baptist okay. Church. Okay. Wow, that's a great story. Yeah. Well, let me say our little prayer out of Psalm 19, and then we'll jump into today's passage, which is uh, Psalm 72, 1 to 7, and then 10 to 14. But So, Lord, we pray today that the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts will be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. All right. Well, take us into Psalm 72, Brian. Okay. Give your king your judgment, O God, and your righteousness to the king's son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your afflicted with justice. Let the mountains bring peace to the people and the hills in righteousness. May he vindicate the afflicted of the people, save the children of the needy, and crush the oppressor. Let them fear you while the sun endures. As long as the moon throughout all generations, may he come down like rain upon the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. In his days may the righteousness flourish and the abundance of peace till the moon is no more. Then switching to 10. Mm -hmm. Let the kings of... Tarshish and the islands bring presents. The kings of Sheba and Seba offer gifts, and all the kings bow down before him. All the nations serve him. For he will deliver the needy when he cries for help, the afflicted also, and him who has no helper. He will have compassion on the poor and needy, and the lives of the needy he will save. He will rescue their life from oppression and violence and their blood will be precious in his sight. So, Brian, what are your reflections on this? <laughs> this is another <laughs> tough one. It is. <laughs> I'm not sure why I'm getting the tough ones, but... <laughs> it's because you're smart. God <laughs> knew you could handle it. Um, so this one did seem to me to be potentially have two meanings yep. simultaneously. I believe, I know this is a, um, a psalm written by Solomon. Mm-hmm. And it appears that he's writing it about his son, David, and asking him to be a good and righteous king, and all of these things will become true of him. At least that's what I think. Um, but I also believe it looks to the second coming of mm -hmm. Christ and the fact that he's not asking for these things, but these things are going to be true when, when Christ comes. Yeah, I, I wrote a note here. It sounds very messianic. Yeah. I mean, if, if Solomon were writing this only about himself— He'd have a huge head trip, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Because right. uh, it, it starts off, endow the king with your justice, O God. Sounds like he's kind of praying about himself because right. he's the king. Right. Right. Uh, the royal son with your righteousness, he's the son of David. So it definitely leads you in like, oh, he's, he's just praying about himself. But then it just gets grander and grander and grander, you know, and you're like, okay, I don't think this can just be about Solomon. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, he will endure as long as the sun. He will rule the ends of the earth. Maybe Solomon had delusions of grandeur, you know, that he was going to live forever. I don't know, but but it sounds a lot more messianic to me. Than... Yeah, and if the the person who prayed to God to give him wisdom is, you know, going off on an ego trip, I'm I'm not sure I follow that one, but... <laughs> right. Well, you got a, a bunch of notes there. Tell us. Well, that, so some of this is just kind of reflecting on what the scripture says, mm -hmm. but parts of it just were weird. And so like in verse three, it says, let the mountains bring peace to the people. 
I don't understand how mountains bring peace, except for maybe being a barrier from their enemies coming into oh, them. Yeah. So that was one thing that yeah, kind of um, that's a great thought. came out to me. And then in verse five, and this is one of my favorite books is called The Joy of Fearing God. Hmm. And I was introduced to this book at, at a previous church, but it's a phenomenal book about how everybody should fear God and that that's not a bad thing. That's you know, just putting us in the right perspective with a mm-hmm. omnipotent uh, God. Mm-hmm. And so that I kind of liked, um, I took from this, fearing God is good. Hmm. It's just an affirmation of what you've already studied a yeah. little bit. That... Yeah. And then in verse 12. So um, Brian, if I could jump in. Sure. What, what would you say to somebody who says, that doesn't sound like something that I want. I don't want to be afraid of God. Yeah. Well, I think you have to put the humans in the perspective of a holy God, a perfect God, an Mm -hmm. omnipotent, omnipresent God, Mm -hmm. and a sinful people in front of that that Mm -hmm. God. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's entirely logical that the people who have no good in them apart from God should look to him with a little bit of reverence and a little bit of awe and and a little bit of fear. And fear doesn't mean like somebody's going to come in and beat you. Mm -hmm. It just is a recognition of the magnificence of his presence right. and that we are not really worthy to be here, but he paved a way for us. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. I interrupted your no, thought. No, you that's were fine. heading off into another. So in, in, um, I just, I don't know how important this is, but in verse 12, it says, for he will deliver the needy when he cries for help. Mm. I, the first two times I read it, I didn't, catch the significance of that. But on the Mm -hmm. third time, it was like, okay, so we have to be an active participant in Mm. this. He's not just going to do it. We need to ask him. Yeah. Mine says, for he will deliver the needy who cry out, the afflicted who have no one to help. I I was struck by how much Solomon focused on the weak and the needy and the poor and the afflicted in this, when he was the richest man on earth who had everything and then some. Yeah, uh, but he focused so much on the afflicted and the weak and the needy. I just thought, huh, that's cool that that's on his mind, being in the position that he was in. Well, when you think about it, as the leader of a land, mm-hmm. you know that's almost kind of what you're judged on is how you're taking care of those less fortunate. Right. So I think he's asking for that for himself um, and his, and his offspring, but also just an acknowledgement of that's how it's really going to be in the end. That's right. Anything else? No. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate your honesty, Brian. No, I got nothing. (laughs) I'm tapped out. (laughs) So if there were any action steps, if the Holy Spirit was whispering to you, well, I believe the Holy Spirit's always whispering to us as as we read His Word, is there anything that, that you could apply to your life today from this passage? So I think just like before, it, it shouts out, we have to live with what we know the future is going to be. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot more to it than that. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, here's the probably the most powerful person almost ever to exist mm-hmm. in humanity is asking for, to be just, asking to be righteous, mm-hmm. asking to, for help and taking care of the needy. Yeah. And I think we can apply all of those Absolutely. to ourselves in, yes. in our very little sphere of mm-hmm. life. Yep. I thought the exact same thing. I thought if God's love is for the poor and the needy, then we need to ask 
for that kind of heart as well and act on those things as well. Which is not easy. Nope. But we got to keep loving the least and the lost like he does. Yep. Well, listeners, thanks for tuning in today. And may the Lord bless you and keep you and be gracious to you and cause his face to shine upon you and give you his peace. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, thank you for joining us today for the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast. We hope that today's conversation was helpful for you and encourages you in your daily walk with God. If you have any questions or thoughts to share with us, please email us at info at victorypoint.org. We would love to hear from you.